right, guys, welcome back. Again, World Cup is the subject. Every team has played three rounds, and we had a chat about it. Go to you, Jack. Jack, uh, what's impressed you so far? Oh, I mean, it, until last night, it was South Africa. I was coming around to you and Sahib's way of thinking all aboard the South African bandwagon. I still think they'll make the semi-finals. I still think they're a proper contender, but it is classic South Africa to beat the more difficult opponents convincingly and then manage to lose mm. to the Dutch. I'm not sure if it's the Dutch's first ever World Cup win, but it's the first one in a hell of a long time if they have won a game previously. I watched most of that game last night, and the way I sort of think about it is, if I was South Africa, I'd think about it as a bit of a statistical anomaly. I'd be like, well, look, we're probably going to lose one game. And, you know, perhaps we're a little bit unlucky. It was a shortened game because of rain. But at the same time, having watched all teams, well, let's put it this way. If India play their best game, who's the only team can beat them? So if India's playing their best, I don't think Australia can beat them. Pakistan definitely can't beat them. England, I don't think so. New Zealand, maybe, think that South Africa can beat India at their best. Not saying that they're necessarily a better team, but I think that they're the only team I've seen that could probably blow them out of the water. Maybe it's just Sahib and I have just totally swallowed the Kool-Aid on South Africa, but it hasn't really changed my my thoughts. I still think they're at least second favourite. I agree. I think, uh, look, this is the second time, actually. I don't know if we're counting T20 World Cups, but the Netherlands have done them twice now. So um, I think they just went too soft, man, and the uh, Netherlands played pretty well. Uh, Vandermeer, ex-South African, what a way to, like, you know, play against your old country and just completely fuck them up. For a 38-year-old, he saved about 30 <laughs> runs in the field. First ball, taking Bavuma's, like, pegs out of the ground was pretty good, but I still reckon South Africa... He's going to win the World Cup. You, did you just say South Africa is going to win the World Cup? Yes, yeah, so Zeb and I have been on the bandwagon oh, yeah. since about weeks. Oh, I, I yeah, said right. before, I said I would like them to win the World Cup. Right, eh? But yeah, I reckon I reckon it's going to in the top four is well, what they currently are at the moment. The India, South Africa, the Kiwis, and Pakistan are probably going to be in the in the semifinals. So there's ones to beat. I reckon if – well, has New Zealand versus South Africa yet? No. No. Let's see. That's going to be – interesting to see that one i agree i think that's going to be a big game south africa and new zealand both look stronger than we would have thought before the world cup but they're on two different paths and it's going to be just interesting to see when those paths crash into each other of course my money's on south africa but new zealand looked pretty good as well i saw a stat earlier on the week i think i sent it to you alex that the catch efficiency of all the teams so far (laughs) and like india's up there with 92 percent in Australia, right down the bottom, at 54% catch. Once again, catches and matches. That's a crazy stack. Like 10 years ago, it would have been the opposite. Like India would have been like 20% catching. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pakistan would have been about 5%. <laughs> yeah, normally like, the one thing you could rely on with Australia was their fielding. Like, I think uh, I think after seeing Coley getting dropped by Marsh there <laughs> on that absolute fucking city, I think I almost threw my drink bottle at the TV. I was just like, what the f- Fuck. <laughs> what are you doing? Try to catch that like a bloody AFL ball going for a mark. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just find yeah. watch, watching Australia so far has just been tough. Oh, like bad. what they dropped five catches the other night. The score is going to get beaten. Yeah. They're going to get beaten. They're going to flog. So, well, it's a good segue into Australia. And I suppose from our perspective, that's uh, something we'd be very interested in. But, you know, looking through the stats, Australia's hit the least amount of runs as a percentage of total runs in boundaries. So I was going through the stats. Australia's hit, oh, sorry, second least. 
They've hit 48% of their runs in boundaries. And Sri Lanka's up at 61, India's at about 56, which I thought was an interesting stat. It doesn't equate, obviously, to success. Sri Lanka have lost three games and still hit like a massive amount of runs in boundaries. But you can see that there's a big difference between the teams that have won three games. So that's New Zealand and uh, India, and even the ones that have won two games, that's like South Africa. Uh, and Australia, there's, there's almost a 10% difference in terms of boundaries. Just seem to be struggling with Indian pitches, which is a really weird thing seeing most of them play in the IPL. Jack? Yeah. A large part of that is having Marnus and Smith at three and four because neither of them are really boundary hitters. As much as Marnus was being aggressive in the warm-up games, he's sort of gone back to playing it a bit safer. In an ideal world, I wouldn't have either of them in my one-day team. I don't think mm. they're good one-day players. Mm. Like, who's going to come in and replace anyone? The options outside the team are not very exciting. And, you know, they would have brought Inglis in as a specialist batter, maybe. But he's the keeper, and I wouldn't want Carey in as a specialist batter. Yeah, I just think that the Australians are going to struggle a lot. Like, they could sneak into fourth, maybe. Like, I can definitely see that happening. But they'd just get destroyed in the semifinal by India, I assume, who would finish top. For me, it's actually... Kind of strange. It kind of snuck up on me how bad Australia's ODI team is. I, I don't know. I, I didn't really think about it, but if I had spent any time thinking about it, I'm like, it's pretty obvious that they are going to struggle to compete against a lot of these teams and especially in India. And yeah, I can't think of anyone in the team who's a massive world beat. I mean, Maxwell, obviously, if he has his day, if he gets back into form that in with the bat, that is, things could change. Yeah, I can't see anyone there who's really going to you know, no. drag the team over the line. Mitch so Marsh, who? I think if Travis Head gets fit, he comes in to open. Mitch Marsh goes to three and they drop one of Smith or Minus. They could be a more dangerous team. But at the same time, I, I do agree with you that but we just don't play any one-dayers. And when we do, we don't really play anything close to a proper squad because Stark and Hazelwood and Cummins never play bilateral series mm-hmm. and then they get the responsibility which Cummins, you know, he had a good night the other night when Michael Clark said he was going to be dropped and then he <laughs> got, see that. got a few wickets and a run out to Did, kind of shut him up. Do you know what I thought when I saw that and then I found out it wasn't true? I thought oh, maybe these guys are trying to make like Michael Clark look more crazy than he is. They're like just feeding him like dodgy mm. information. <laughs> Trying to make him lose whatever remaining credibility he has. But yeah, see, what are your thoughts on Australia? Yeah, I think it's probably the best thing to happen, actually, is just to get absolutely destroyed like the Wallabies did. And then you go back to basics. I'm not sure if I like the rugby analogy because Australia's been shit for a long time. Just just to hijack a little bit, is Lion fit yet? He well, played first grade on the weekend in Sydney. It's the first grade game he played in seven years. Why is he not over there? Like, seriously. Yeah, because he gets smacked and because he's not a good white ball bowler and because he was yeah. injured. Yeah, he would get destroyed. I wouldn't even have him in a reserve side if he was fit. I actually disagree with this. Think about India's bowling lineup other than Coldy before. It's essentially their test bowling lineup. You've got yeah. Ashwin, got Jadeja, you've got Siraj, Shami would come in on the side, you've got Bumrah, and... They're bowling like test match lengths, keeping it really, really accurate because in India you can do that, right? The pitches are much slower, not as much bounce. And so I actually disagree. I think 
having Lyon there, having a really accurate bowler there who's bowling can, that test match length is going to actually do well. He can bat better than Zampa too. That's true. I'll give you that. If he's in the side, he wouldn't be in instead of Zampa. Like, they'd yeah. both be in together. Who are you going to drop? Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the pace bowlers, but... Ashwin and Jadeja can both bat. Jadeja's the best fielder in the world. And these one-day pitches are not really like traditional Indian one-day pitches. But normally mm. India get absolutely smacked around in home one-dayers. And they still win a lot because their batting's phenomenal. Historically, if you look at Jadeja's average and Ashwin's average and look at their stats in one-day cricket, they're not good mm. at all. Well, it's a, it's a sort of a strange time of the year to play cricket in India, right? Because mm. test matches would either be later in the year or earlier, t- typically. But but, you know, if you look at the ball tracking or the uh, the pitch maps of these guys, they're just hitting this length over and over and over again. They're not trying to do too much. It, to, to lead on from there, you know, I've noticed a couple of bowlers who I would say play a lot of T20 cricket who are bowling what I would say is the, the wrong length. So that's where I think Zampa really struggled in his first couple of games. Mm. And with T20, you bowl faster and you bowl shorter because the batsman's always going to have a go at you. But in one day cricket, you can just wait for the bad ball. You, know, you have so much more time to wait for the bad ball. And so bowlers really have to try and get the batsman on the front foot. Zampa struggled with that. And actually, Majib in his first two games, he was bowling way too short a place. It wasn't until the last game that he actually you know, pitched it up that he actually got some wicket and made the other team struggle. I think that comes into what Jack was saying in the sense that the teams don't play as many one days anymore. And often the spinners who are in the one day team around the world are bowling T20 lengths. And I think that's that's interesting that people like Jadeja and Ashwin who have just come off a test series are the ones that are doing really well because they're bowling more test match lengths. Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with it, I reckon. You know, if we want to move on to I- India and away from Australia... If you look at the economy rates of every bowler who's bowled in the World Cup so far, of at least 10 over, the first three are Indian. Ashwin, Boomer, Jadeja, 3.4, 3.44, 3.73. 3.4, so they're just, and this is why spin is so important in India. They can just tie you down in the middle overs and make it really hard for you to score if you hit boundaries. Interestingly, Maxwell is fourth and Kuldeep is there as well. So that's four Indian bowlers in the top 10 in terms of economy rates. And, you know, we're thinking back to what Sahib was talking about before when they were saying the India's fielding is the the opposite of 10 years ago. It's like India is the opposite in almost every way because it's their bowling that's winning them game. Yeah. Um, and their fielding is great as well. And years ago, it was always their batting and, you know, you just hoped that the bowling would be decent. Well, bowling has always been way more important, particularly in test cricket than batting because you look at, like, the West Indies great team was based on bowlers, like they had some great batters. And then you look at the Indian team of 15, 20 years ago that had the most ridiculous top six of like Ganguly, Driver, Tendulkar, Laxman, Saywag, all averaging over 50, and they barely won. I think they dropped to seventh in the world rankings at one stage. So like they had Kumble bowling medium pace top spin and Harbhajan who dominated against Australia but really struggled against everyone else. That was it. Whereas now, I think your point about spin tying people down in the middle orders is definitely true. But I think it's sort of doubly true because Bumrah is barely giving anything away up top. Pakistan-India game. Pakistan got off to a bit of a flyer, particularly off Siraj. Like, Siraj was really struggling his first couple of overs. And at the other end, Bumrah was just giving nothing away because it was kind of like none for 12 after one, none for 15 after two, none for 23 after three, and none for 23 after four. So, Bumrah's accuracy was stopping Pakistan from getting out of control. And then Siraj got the first wicket, and after that, they really brought things back. But 
it was the same in the Australia game. Like, Boomer was going at three and over, four and over for the first five overs. And that means there's so much more pressure on the batters that take on the spin. It's not really working because their economy rates are still mm. fantastic. As I said before, I just don't know who can beat India if they play anywhere near their best. New Zealand. They're- South Africa, there are only hopes. I'm going for New Zealand just because of that Anzac spirit. Exactly. And they were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if I could choose, I'd definitely choose New Zealand over South Africa, I reckon. I like the New Zealand team. South Africa is white. And I'll say what I said previously about South Africa, which is if you get them a couple down early, they're fucked. Yeah. And that's what happened yeah. last night with Marco Jansen coming in at seven. It's just yeah. a long, long, long tail. All right. So we actually mentioned New, Ze- New Zealand there. And actually, I want to come back to something we mentioned in the, the first podcast of the World Cup when Sahib said he doesn't like Satney. I don't. I was looking at the stats before. I'm like, uh, he's bought he's pretty well, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, he he's just too defensive. For me, for my he is but he has top- played very well and good for Mitchell Sander because he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. He's in the top 10 for both economy and average you know, if with his bowling. So economy, he's like eighth down at 4.23 and average, he's actually third over the whole World Cup. He is, has, a, has an average of 15.87. Only below, well, Boomer is one. And another person on this list that someone in our podcast doesn't particularly like or doesn't rate, Glenn Phillips. No, I think Glenn Phillips is great. He just like, he is the epitome of like, shit gets wicked. (laughs) 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 He he really is. His two wickets against England was, one was really short to Mo and Ali, which he just missed. And then one was really full, and he bowled both of them. And it's like, if I could do that, dude, I would be a professional cricket player as well. But Well, <laughs> that is the wicket-taking ball, as we saw on the weekend. But, yeah, you know, that's the thing. Like, Mitchell Sadner plays has played a lot of test cricket, and he keeps it simple. He just hits a length, hits a length, hits a length. He doesn't try too much, right? Yeah. And he's a, one of only two bowlers who have bowled 30 overs. Fair enough. Yeah, he's... Sadner, I retract my statement of him being shit. The other one's Glenn Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other one's uh, Kuldeep Yadav, who we didn't speak about, but it's been pretty good as well. Left arm wrist spin, you know, that's like... Very rare. Michael yeah, Bevan, right? Is it the Chinaman? Is that what it was called? Yeah, that's what it was called. Don't say what's that it? anymore. What, what's, what's it called now? <laughs> Left arm unorthodox, okay. I prefer. So many more like syllables. Yeah, but the Chinaman was legitimately racist. Bro. Yeah, it was a guy with a Chinese name and then someone he, he bowled someone and he went off being like bowled by a bloody Chinaman. <laughs> and that's how it started. <laughs> I was always wondering where that came yeah. from. That's pretty <laughs> Trust um, the Poms to say that though. But I think what the stats show is that finger spin is just dominating. Like yeah. all the Finger spinners, even the inaccurate shit ones like Glenn Phillips, lesser extent Glenn Maxwell, are doing really well. Yeah, I think yeah. when I said that uh, this is another character that someone on our podcast doesn't like, I think Sahib thought I was talking about him, but it was actually Jack. What? Well, as a bowler, obviously no one rates him. Like, <laughs> he's terrible. He wouldn't be bowling if this what? World Cup was anywhere else, yeah, apart from great. maybe Sri Lanka. But he's a great cricketer. Like he's a wicketkeeper batter. They have so many wicketkeepers in New Zealand. He just started bowling offies in the nets. He's turned into bowling off spin in the game. I'd love to see Alex Carey come out and bowl whatever he bowls. Oh, no. Hey, don't knock the keeper batsman bowler, boys. Um, he bowled in a test match once? He bowled no. in a test in Tasmania. And then and uh, Phil Hughes <laughs> took the... Gloves and the pads and kept for an over before a break. 
But he bowls wheels. Like, he bowled at 130 plus, which is pretty impressive. Jesus. Have you seen Coley bowl? Yeah, it looks so strange. It looks weird. Like, he's such a great (laughs) batsman, looks glorious. But when he bowls, he looks a bit spastic. It's pretty (laughs) weird to, like, see. It's like Warner doing his, uh, in the warm-up game bowling. Yeah. I do do love the the return of the part-timer with Harry Brook getting a bowl and (laughs) Dave Warner and Marnus. And I would love to see Coley... Because Coley's got a wicket in international cricket, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Don't, don't you think that's interesting, though, that, that we're talking, oh, they're part, there's so many part-timers that are bowling. The only country who isn't bowling part-timers is India because they don't need to. Because they all ra- have the actual all-rounders. Yeah. Talk, yeah. Talking about all-rounders, just throwing this in there, should Australia, not the Greens actually playing in the side at the moment, but we keep talking about this in the Ashes too, NASA, he oh. is batting. Fucking amazing. Mm. Yet he is not getting a look in. It's pissing me off. Who? Yes. Michael Nessa. Oh, Nessa. Nessa, Nessa, Nessa. Is he South African as well? He is, yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> export <laughs> It's Australian. South African export. <laughs> yeah, because he scored like a hundred he scored like over a hundred like four times in the last couple of innings. And yeah. ninety. Do you think we should have like we should have a series that's called like the Test of Origin, where we just where everyone who has South African origin plays for South Africa? We should um, have a South no, Africa, South Africa versus South Af- ex South Africa team, like <laughs> yeah. the all time so, South Africa eleven versus the, like just a hypothetical <laughs> list of the people because you got even modern players. You got Neil Wagner, Devon yeah. Conway, Marnus, Michael Nisa. I mean, that's, I mean, Devin Conway, like he, he probably, he left when he was so young right? or fairly young. So it's not like he didn't think he had a future there, I guess. So. If you look at Conway's stats in, yeah, South yeah, Africa, it is horrendous. He was so, oh, really? and then he just got an opportunity, I think, to play in New Zealand. He's like, he sold everything and like fresh start. And then that's what it was. But he was horrendous in, New- in South Africa. Like he would never have made it if he stayed. I stand well, corrected. Previous form, like he could have just. Sometimes yeah. people just click. Like you look at Marnus's first class record, and it's pretty average. And then yeah. he got yeah. a, ch- a chance and concussion. Marnus, mm. he was averaging thirty before he got picked in the Test team. I think because he got picked yeah. for a series in the UAE because of his part time leg spin. I'm not even joking. Like <laughs> that was the point of difference between him and the other candidates. And then came in as a concussion sub because he'd been dominating for Glamorgan in the county team, so he was in the squad. I'm going to move us on to talk about the player who has been the most disappointing of them so far is Chris Wokes for England. Like He's just getting smashed all around the park like he has no rhythm at all. And I think there's even chat about him probably not being picked for the next game. Even Curran got spanked. He like, he mm. went for like 40 or 50 of like four overs. Yeah, There's lots just- of candidates for most disappointing yeah. player, particularly in England. Yeah, Chris Wokes, because he's not a crucial part of that machine. Like, you know, he'd be like the sort of eighth or ninth best player, at least, I would say. Whereas like Joss Butler's been very, very disappointing. And Mark Wood's been very ordinary. Sam Curran's been ordinary. So many out of form players. At the exact wrong time. Put Ollie he's... Robinson in there, see how he goes. Oh, no, he's trash. <laughs> I bowl faster than him, you know? Like, <laughs> but like, I think this is where Owen Morgan's captaincy was really good because I think he was, he brought everything one together and knew what he was doing. I know his batting was like horrendous towards the end, but I think captaincy is such a big part of the game as well. And that's why he was there for such a long time. But I think my best thing of the last round was Rashid got Rashid and then Rashid got Rashid in the <laughs> England. <laughs> 
You never want to get out against your opposition leg spinner. And it was the same name as you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Afghanistan looking good, but I think they depend too much on Majib and Rashid. Um, I just I think it's good for the game. Like, if you had done this podcast a few days ago, I'd have been, like, properly flat. And I still am a bit because, you know, Australia's crap. But Afghanistan beating England and the Dutch beating South Africa, I think it's just really good for cricket in general, making this World Cup more exciting because it's not just yeah. going to be a steamroll. Like, New Zealand, you know, aren't putting 400 and whatever on the Afghanis. Is it is it bad here that I'm looking at this going, fuck yeah, go the Afghans. As much as I hate myself saying that I want, I want New Zealand to win, but go Afghanistan and get them down to like, what, the 210 off 44 over so far. Jeez, that's pretty well. Good on them. Yeah, it's like if New Zealand loses this game, it's not the end of the tournament. We easily qualify for the semis. So it's always good for Afghanistan win or even come close. If they win and they nearly make the semis, They'll be furious about that game against Bangladesh. I remember that, like, Bav, Bav has sends me messages all the time. He's been sending me messages for the last month telling me, mate, Afghanistan is going to be the surprise. Afghanistan's going to be the surprise. And I saw that game. I'm like, what the fuck is Bav talking about? These guys have got threat. And I'm still not sold on them. I, I think that the batting's weak. They rely too much on their bowling. But- go, Baz. Go, Baz. It's go, Baz ball. Man. He should have scored 100 if his captain didn't run him out. <laughs> that was funny though. That was a proper like turn around and if he wasn't the captain, I'd be spraying him right now. <laughs> that was the worst barbecuing I've seen on international cricket, I reckon. You know, he's barely been out there for five Ooh. seconds and yeah. is on like 80 something, not out the other end. It was his first ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Not a lot to say about Sri Lanka. They're just not, they're not in it. Three, three losses. That's probably it for them, which is kind of sad having scored like over 700 runs in their first, or well, over 600 runs in their first two games. But bowling wise they just don't have it they just there's not enough there obviously we talked about holland they're doing you know that was a good win for them the other day who else have we missed pakistan pakistan doing pakistan things oh, yeah. i wouldn't say, i wouldn't say really pakistan i'd say afghanistan is a new pakistan in the sense that they play <laughs> really well or really bad there's no middle ground which is like the pakistan of old i think you know, when we saw the T20 World Cup last year, there was India and the and Pakistan that game. Well, they played twice during the World Cup, and it was Pakistan won one and India won one. I never really felt like India was so much better than Pakistan in the T20 format. The probability of India winning any any particular game when it's India versus Pakistan in T20s, I would say, would be about sixty forty, I reckon, or maybe even fifty five forty five. But when I was watching the one dayers. The other day between them, it was just like, this is Pakistan just not going to be able to do it. I just did not see them beating India. They're just, India are just too strong. And I think that more generally, as you, the format gets longer, the differences between good and bad teams gets yeah. bigger. So like a good test team, like Australia is going to spank Pakistan probably over summer and definitely the West Indies. In the T20, it's, it's much closer. Yeah, definitely. Um, the shorter the format, the closer it becomes. And it's like the shorter the series, the closer it becomes. You know, over five tests, you sort of work out who's best. But if you play a two-test series... You know, Bangladesh drew one all in New Zealand early this year. And, like, it's – I don't think Pakistan and India played twice last year. I think they only played that one game where Kohli went nuts and then India lost in the semis and Pakistan won. Mm. But 
they, they only play they ICC beat them. Yeah, yeah, they beat them 12 months earlier in the UAE World Cup. Pakistan beat India by 10 wickets. And, uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about that game. Yeah. So they're very, very close in 2020 cricket. And the only way I think they can beat them in one day cricket is what happened in that T20 World Cup game where Shaheen Afridi came on and got like three for none. You know, he got early, early wickets. And that's the only way you can beat them, really. That, I just, that, I, I'm struggling to see how India don't win this tournament. And I'm hoping the more expectation we put on them, they on how they fail. Well, Sahib and I have got the answer, mate. It's South Africa. South Africa. That's how they don't win. <laughs> I, I don't care uh, who it is, as long as India don't win. I just... Um, oh, but Anyone but see, India, please, please. Yeah, thinking about how teams are much closer in T20 cricket than they are in one-day cricket. Do you guys think that that is actually pushing... ODI cricket more into sort of irrelevant. Yeah, because no because- one, you can look at the crowds now. No one's going to watch these games. <laughs> if it was T20, it would be completely opposite, be packed. And yeah. I think one day cricket's kind of dead. It may just play World Cups and that'll be phased out, I reckon, as well, to be honest. It's just like people rather watch T20. Yeah, I think it's like when it was testing one day as one day as would sort of get the casual fans mm-hmm. and tests that still get the hardcore fans. Whereas now it's like tests get the hardcore fans. T20 gets the casual fans and one day because gets no one. Because it's day drinking. That's why test, that's why test get the hardcore fans. Yeah, guys. So I think we've covered everything we need to cover. Okay. Just a final word from everyone else. Uh, what are we looking forward to this week? I'll go to you yeah. first, Jack. I haven't got a clue. Um, Australia versus Pakistan yeah. on Friday night. That could be an interesting game. That could be yeah, the so. decision, you know, who could finish fourth and then inevitably gets thrashed by. India in the semi-final. That could decide mm-hmm. that, but I think England's probably going to finish fourth. But then England play South Africa in their next game on Saturday afternoon, and that's that's a massive game because if England lose that, they're one and three, and it's a hell. Of, they basically have to win every remaining game to guarantee a semi-final. And then Sunday nights, uh, India, New Zealand. So there's there's three really good games: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Australia, Pakistan, England, South Africa. India and New Zealand. So basically the top six sides play amongst themselves. Yeah, well, um, thanks very much, Jack, for taking everything away from everyone else. Now, what are we going to talk about? You just mentioned the three the three big games uh, so, over the next four days. I just, I just saw there. So if, if Afghanistan can do pretty good against New Zealand here, uh, they're also versing Pakistan on, what is that? Bloody, is that Monday? Monday. Yeah, Monday. Monday. So, I mean... They could upset two pretty big teams here if they have a good go at it, although they're sort of getting a bit taken away from it at the moment. But, yeah, if they could if they could win this and then Pakistan, it could really throw a bit of a spinner in the works with that top four. Well, put this one down in your diaries. On Tuesday, Namibia plays Zimbabwe in a T20. And, and on Wednesday... <laughs> Dude, I'm down for that. Some David Weezer runs, some... <laughs> <laughs> Brother. <laughs> oh, I have one question. Who do you think is going to finish last in the, the World Cup? I think Sri Lanka will finish last, to be honest. Ooh. If Australia can't catch Australia. Bangladesh, Afghanistan, the Dutch, or Sri Lanka, the four choices. Uh, Bangladesh. Yeah, and then I'll say Afghanistan. And it's Alex. Sorry, say England. And I, I guess we'll leave it there, guys. alright guys thanks for joining us it was a lot of fun and again we'll be back in one week's time see you Alex thanks mate thanks